Welcome to Friday Friends, RI Elder Info's weekly look at the organizations and individuals providing resources for Rhode Island seniors, caregivers, and professionals. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. It is 9 a.m. on Friday, so you know what this is. This is the next episode of Friday Friends. I am your host, Deb Burton, Executive Director of RI Elder Info. And every Friday, I bring to you a guest who is sharing information and resources that you or someone you care about needs to know about. So it's super important that you hit the like button and the share button and help us get the word out. We are talking about something today that impacts a lot of Rhode Islanders, both with a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease and their caregivers, and those who maybe are experiencing some memory concerns and they're not sure what to do about that. So we're going to have a great conversation, but I need your help to get the word out. So again, hit the like, hit the share, send this out to any groups that you're in, because we really need to get the information out for a lot of our families and friends that are going on out there. Speaking of family and friends, As you know, we are a 501c3 nonprofit here at RI Elder Info, and we could not do what we do without the support of our sponsors. So a huge thank you to Point32 Health Foundation. They have just joined the RI Elder Info family of sponsors, and they will be supporting us for the next couple of years on a lot of our projects. Also, a big thank you to Aetna. They are a wonderful provider here in the state, as well as Oak Street Health and United Healthcare and Neighborhood Healthcare. They are all helping us get the word out to individuals on how to remain independent as we age. Big thank you to 321 Media. They are the ones behind the scenes right now making this look good. And England Studios, they are the web design team that supports and created rielderinfo.com, which I really encourage you to visit in your, your time after this video. And for Friday Friends this month, a big shout out and thank you to Ocean State Center for Independent Living. Osel has a great message for you. Give us one sec. Did you know that smart home technology may help you live more independently? People with disabilities may apply for smart home technology through Ocean State Center for Independent Living Smart Home Technology Program. Devices include smart locks, video doorbells, alerting systems, smart bulbs, and smart hubs, and two months of connectivity. You must be a Rhode Island resident with a disability and fall within this program's financial guidelines. For more information, call us at 401-738-1013 or contact us by email at info at osil.org. Hey, and you know what's really cool about their smart home technology program is if you have questions about it after it's installed um, or anywhere down the line, you can give them a call and they will help you. So awesome program. I encourage people to, to check it out. So this week, I'm speaking with Ms. Tara Tang from the Butler Hospital's Memory and Aging Program. Welcome, Tara. Hello, Deb. Thank you for having me today. Really appreciate it. Yes, absolutely. So what is new in your world over at the Butler Memory and Aging Program? 
Uh, we're continuing to stay nice and busy through uh, this very mild winter, um, but I wanted to share with your audience today about a new study that we started last month in January. It's called the BioFinder study, and so it is um, a observational study. There's no treatment involved, but it does look at some different biomarkers that we're hoping will be able to um, be more reliable going into the future and can be helpful in predicting the risk of Alzheimer's disease and how it progresses. Okay. And what is involved? What does it mean by being an observational study? Does that mean somebody has to come and sit in a room and you kind of like look at them or <laughs> how does it work? Well, we are looking at them. We are going to have a nice conversation with them. But what observational means is that there's no investigational medication involved whatsoever. So we are going to be taking a look at a few different biomarkers, right? So that's going to include um, a PET scan, so an image of the brain. It's also going to look um, at the retinal imaging. So looking um, maybe that the eyes are the window to the brain as well. We'll be doing blood draws. And that's actually the main focus for this study is looking at new blood tests um, to see who, you know, especially blood tests in healthy people. So people who don't have any diagnosis of memory loss um, and to see how they're doing and to see if they might have a higher risk of Alzheimer's disease by looking at that. We're also going to look at APOE4. It is a risk gene for Alzheimer's disease. So we'll be looking at that information. Um, and so taking a look at all of that together um, to hopefully <clears throat> make better um, predictions about people's risk going forward. So we are looking for people who are cognitively normal, who don't have any diagnosis from a doctor uh, and seeing if they would like to participate in our study. So cognitively normal, so not necessarily people who are already noticing that they're forgetting things, but just regular people who just want to be able to provide kind of a comparison for maybe people who are experiencing forgetfulness? Well, it's more so, you know, going against yourself, like comparing yourself to yourself a little bit more, right? So uh, when I say cognitively normal, meaning that you have not gone to a doctor, and the doctor has said directly to you, you have like mild cognitive impairment, you have Alzheimer's disease, mild Alzheimer's disease, or something more um, further on down the line in the spectrum. Um, so it is, if you are experiencing memory loss, like the typical ones, you know, you walk into a room, you forgot why you're there, you forgot where you put your keys or where you put your phone, that's okay. You know, we're gonna go through um, a series of tests to, you know, kind of take a look at that and see if there's anything that you would need to worry about and have a further conversation with say a, neuro, a neuropsychologist or your just regular PCP. Um, so we are gonna be able to provide that information for you. But um, in general, maybe if you have a family history, whether it's you know something documented or just something that you've heard over time uh, in family history, if you happen to already know, if you have the APOE4 gene, I mean, there's commercial products out there now that can you know provide that information for you. Um, so just, you know, people who are interested in research, this is a nice way to sort of ease your way in because, again, there is no investigation on medication, but there are a series of different biomarker tests that might be useful to you in your overall health toolkit. So how does somebody apply to participate in this study? Do they have to go somewhere? Do they go online? What's yes, How do they do. do it? Sure. No, we're asking people to join the Butler Hospital uh, prevention registry. Um, Rhode Islanders have been very familiar with it and have been joining us for quite some time now, but that's the gateway, if you will, to all of the research that we're doing. And so it's about a 25-minute online questionnaire 
um, that people fill out. And so it gets all their information so we can see if people would match with the criteria of the study. If so, then our team is going to give you a call and have a discussion with you about what's involved. And then you can tell us whether or not our study matches what you're looking for and what your current lifestyle is. So we have those conversations uh, ahead of time, but that's the and, best way to do it. And so if, if somebody, if there's a part of the study that somebody doesn't want to participate in, can they let you know, or is it kind of an all or nothing? Like, I don't know, my, um, like some, for me personally, mm -hmm. um, some people get, you know, freaked out by going to the dentist. I get freaked out if people are looking in my eyes. So if I participated in your study, could I say, you know, I'm cool with having you draw my blood tests, all that other stuff, but could you not look in my eyes? Is that, is that a choice? Like, so in this particular study, we are asking people to undergo MRIs and PET scans. Mm -hmm. um, and it's over the course of five years. So it's not just all like within 30 or 60 days, right? This oh, is good. Over the course of time. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the ret there is two retinal imaging and um, that is part of the study. Um, there are optional extra visits. And so that's something that we would talk with everyone. Um, you know, we want to make people as comfortable as possible. There are certain things though that are included in this study that are part of it. And so if there is any hesitation or concern about any of the procedures, that's something that we would love to talk with you about, um, kind of see where you stand on things. And, and in some cases, Deb, you know, not every study is right for every person. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the great thing about having a conversation ahead of time. Now, I will say, ultimately, you know, even if someone is enrolled in the study, it is 100% their right and prerogative to withdraw from the study at any time without any um, backfire or anything like that for care or anything like that. We want to make sure people are comfortable, people are safe. Um, and so if someone chooses to not participate, then that's okay too. Okay. that That's really good because I think sometimes um, some folks might get nervous of, oh my gosh, like I said, yes, I'm going to do all this stuff, but now like I, I kind of don't want to, or my life changed and I don't have the time. What is the time commitment for this new study? Sure. So like I said, this is a five-year study mm -hmm. um, and there are a couple of different activities over the course of each year. We are asking, you know, we would love people to stay for five years, but just as you said, life changes, things happen. And so we perfectly understand that. So we're only asking that people just have that open communication with us and we'll do the same. Um, so MRIs, PETs, retinal scans, blood draws, um, What's really nice about this one is that in the past we've, you know, asked uh, to have like a study partner or a study buddy. Um, spouses can both participate in the study if they are eligible. I know some of our other studies, we've said that you can only have one person per household. This one, both can participate if they are eligible. Um, well, that, that's good. Yeah. And so the, um, and just looking at year one, there could be a minimum of like four visits. But if you opt in for everything, it could be up to six per year. And year two, there's only one visit. Year three, there could be between three and five visits, again, depending on how many uh, activities a person wants to participate in. Year four, again, is only one visit, and year five is one to two visits. So wow. it's nicely spread out. It's not yeah. something like every month or anything like that. So we're hoping that this might fit in with everyone's really busy lives. I think um, there's might be a little bit of a myth that when people retire or they're you know, not working full time, that they are not busy. I find that to be the contrary. And in fact, they have a better social life than I do. Um, so we're hoping you know, this kind of spread out uh, time commitment will be more flexible for people's schedules. That's really good. Now, if somebody participates in the study and they go through these tests um, and they, they signed up because everything seemed fine and dandy, if, something were to be seen on these tests, 
can a person choose to find out so that they can have a conversation with their doctor about it? And the reverse, can they choose not to know in the event they don't want to know? Sure. So let's address the first part. So if we ever were to see anything, if our clinicians, our doctors were to see anything on any test, whether it's written or in an imaging that is abnormal, we 100% are going to let you know and okay. give you resources to whether speak with your doctor, look at a specialist or anything like that. We always let people know that, okay? We don't want this lingering for five years, right? Um, there are some things that you will be able to find out should you be eligible and enrolled or randomized, shall we say, into the study. Um, you can find out your ApoE4 genetic um, risk. You can look at your uh, amyloid PET scan results and results of cognitive testing if you're enrolled, okay? Um, I believe there are also some options where you can opt out of finding, but sometimes, uh, and also part of the structure of the study, you are required to know. Okay. So this and is a conversation, you know, the number one thing that, you know, we want people to be fully informed. So if, if someone is eligible to enroll, they're going to go through a very thorough consent process, and it's going to go through exactly all the different tests that you'll be undergoing, what you can know and what or you know can opt to know and can opt out of knowing and okay. so all of that you'll have a coordinator and the study team to answer all of your questions in that time before you you know sign on the proverbial line this sounds like a great opportunity to contribute to the science as a whole um, i think being rhode islanders we are really lucky because we have brown university and we have butler and we have some of the top top researchers in the world here. So it sounds like this is just a, a great opportunity. Is there any cost involved for people to participate? You know, if they're eligible um, to have all these tests done, do they have to pay for this? Do they have to have certain insurance? How does that work? So for clinical research, um, no one has to pay for any of the procedures that are being done because, you know, you're doing actually the science community a favor. Um, so insurance is not involved in clinical research. If you are eligible for the study and choose to enroll, all of that is covered uh, under the clinical trial itself. And I'm so happy that you brought up, Deb, that there's so much great research and uh, knowledge here in the tiny little state of Rhode Island. Um, you know, be remiss not to mention our friends over at Rhode Island Hospital that are also doing some wonderful things, as well as Rhode Island Mood and Memory. Um, but partnership, this is really, I think, where a lot of the research is going right now. So while the study is being conducted here um, at Butler Hospital and with Brown University, um, and the Kearney Institute of Brain Health, Dr. Oscar Hansen's site uh, is doing the Swedish BioFinder version of this as well. So anyone who participates here is actually contributing on a much larger level, and it's going to be helping the global community as well, just as so many Rhode Islanders have done in the past. So we're very excited to be working with Dr. Hansen, all of our colleagues at Brown University, and then of course, you know, uh, Dr. Soloway, Stephen Soloway is the lead PI on this for Butler Hospital. That's awesome. So if people wanted to participate, what do they need to do? So the first thing we would invite people, if they hadn't already, sign up for um, our registry and people can go to butler.org slash memory. They can also go to butler.org slash ALZ registry and that will take them right to the registry to sign up. Um, and as I said, it takes about 20 minutes. If anyone has any problems, they can always give us a call at 401 455 6402 and a member of the outreach team would be more than happy to help the person with that and that's the first step 
that's step one. And so it, if someone were, um, maybe they don't speak English as a first language, would they be able to get information as well? Would they be able to participate if they are from another um, another country or anything like that? Another language. It is something that our program is working hard on to better serve the Rhode Island community. Mm -hmm. So um, we do have access to interpreters, um, but we are starting out a little bit slowly in that particular realm. Um, so right now, if someone is bilingual, that might be best to start. But if that is something, if that's the only reason, then that's a one-on-one -on -one conversation and love to speak with anyone who is interested in participating um, and seeing how we can best serve their language needs. That's awesome because I know that there's um, some disparities in healthcare uh, there is. around this and disparities when it comes to participating in research. So say someone were to be able to speak um, Spanish, is there someone on your team who speaks Spanish? Yes. So as it is, I do happen to be able to speak Spanish. Um, there's also a couple of other people on the team who can, um, who would be at least able to have initial conversations. Right. Um, and so that would be, again, the first step and sort of seeing what the need, the language needs and the, the health needs are of individuals and more than happy to speak with anyone uh, about that and what's involved. And then we can take the conversation and the steps, necessary steps from there. That sounds like a great opportunity. I'm really excited that you were able to come on today yes. and it's free. It is. It's great. <laughs> um, and you know, you're helping others. Maybe you're even helping your family. And I think this is just really um, a wonderful opportunity to help make families healthier. And of course, our Rhode Island community healthier. And of course we could all do more, have more of that. We would love more of that these days. Um, but it's just another opportunity for people to take a look into. Like I said earlier, it's not for everyone. We hope it is but let's have a conversation and see what we can do and work together. That is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Tara. And you know what? I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Caregiver Journey Conference happening at the Crown Plaza in the next few weeks. Absolutely. We're very excited to be there with all of our Rhode Island colleagues and uh, looking forward to speaking with everyone here in the audience and come on up and visit and have a conversation with us. I promise you we're pretty friendly. Absolutely friendly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tara. <laughs> Thank you. Take care, Deb. Folks, this is a great opportunity to not only move the ball forward in the research on Alzheimer's and other related dementias, it's free. You don't have to have any particular health care insurance. It doesn't matter. You get the results. You can get it to your doctor. If you are an individual who speaks another language, they have interpreters available. If, for instance, you speak Spanish, Tara herself speaks Spanish, so you can call and speak with Tara. This is really a great opportunity to find out more about yourself and also help your community get the information and resources available out there on this important disease that is impacting more and more lives every day. So please reach out to Tara over at the Butler Memory and Aging. It's free. The number's the 455-6402. You can email them. It's really important that we all work together to combat this. I am so glad you're able to join us this week. I look forward to seeing you all again next week. In the meantime, be well and be kind. If you like this video, please follow us on social media and subscribe on YouTube. For more information, 
visit rielderinfo.com or call 401-585-0509. If you have any questions, email deb at rielderinfo.com.